When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, the Bird Show. Have you guys checked your email this morning yet? Mm-mm. Yeah. Yeah. Am I the only one in here that's like got hundreds of spam today from any website that I have ever bought anything from reminding <laughs> me that today is like Cyber Monday? For me, I got a lot of text messages. Like, I don't know what I signed up for, but I've gotten a lot of text messages saying, 50% off this. I'm not lying when I'm saying that I just archived or deleted like 100. Do you not break your emails up? No, into, sir. I break mine up into like primary, social, and one other category. I unsubscribe. <laughs> If I can get it out. Easy for you to say. It's easy for me to do, but not easy for me to say. So I, if I, whenever I buy something, I always make sure, because they always have that little thing clicked that you want any kind of like um, informational emails or coupons or whatever. And so I always make sure to unclick that. And then if I do get stuff, I immediately go in and unsubscribe. I literally have emails from companies I've never heard of yeah. in my life. Yeah. I'm like, Today, I've, right? Yeah, I've never... And I don't believe any of the sales either, especially after mm-hmm. all those TikToks that went viral. Right. People mm-hmm. in Black Friday stores peeling Target off. Target got busted. Hard. Yes. There were a, a Best Buy, like a lot of them. So if you're unaware, people were going to buy these Best Buy deals. And, you know, where it says the price tag, the sticker, they peeled it off. And it was sale items that had been put back at some, like, Coles type stores that have been put back into regular rotation for higher prices or prices were sa- the same and they were never discounted, but they're like 50% off Black Friday, but it's the same price. It's crazy. Um, these guys sold me on uh, Cyber Monday last year. Remember, I was like, oh my God, this is such crap. Uh-huh. And then we started going through Amazon. I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> this is an amazing day. <laughs> All right, Katie. So you just never know exactly the history of the people that you're working with now, do you? Nope, you never do. And this is why everyone should always be investigated. If you're not investigating people, I think you should start. Okay. So um, there's a friend of mine who has been working in this office and like within the last year or so, a new guy, he started. And he's kind of like standoffish, keeps to himself. But she always thought he was a little creep. Like just that guy who just can't land dates and he just seems weird. Um, But she doesn't really interact with him at all or anything like that. So one day she's in the office and she's headed to the break room and she overhears him having a conversation with another one of their coworkers. So she stops to eavesdrop and wants to listen to what's going on. One of the guys is talking about his AA meetings and how he has to go to them and all this other stuff. And then the creepy coworker, he mentions, hey, I got to go to meetings too. And the dude's like, AA? He's like, no. Now, I don't know how to mm-hmm. say this. Um, piano playing mm-hmm. meetings? Mm-hmm. He's, oh. an, he's, oh. an, he's addicted to intimacy. Yes. Got it. There we go. Okay. Right. Huh. Okay. So then the dude's like, oh, you just start going there on your own? He's like, no, court mandated. Okay, wait a minute. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. okay, now we got a story. So she's like, oh, snap, what's going on? But then she just walks away. She's like, okay, I've heard a lot of this too much already. And she proceeds to figure out if it's court mandated, is he Googleable? And she Googles him. And my man is just in the break room, just sharing this, just yeah. openly. Well, it was those two, so I guess they didn't think that anyone was, like, coming around the corner listening to the conversation. Okay. So she looks him up, and she sees that he has a history, a long history. He's been arrested, like, three to four times for assault towards women. Ooh. Oh, now it's getting serious. Right? Mm-hmm. And so now she's like, oh, this dude has, like, a long criminal history. Are these Does misdemeanors the, or felonies? I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know the difference. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It don't matter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> both pretty serious. Yeah. And so now she's wondering, does she bring this to like 
HR? Does she tell them or do they already know? Like, did they do a background check on him or not? Like, what do you do when you find that information out about someone who works in your office? Well, she would know if they do background checks, right? Because they would have done one on her. Yeah, that's true. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure they did. And then just said, well, eh. Yeah. I mean, our company does, but I don't know. I I, I mean, what else can you do? I mean. But would you want to? Oh, go ahead. Except stay away from the person if, I mean. And what else can you do about it? Yeah. Because it sounds like they hired him anyway. So if that's the case, then yeah, what she probably would be doing herself a disservice to go in there and try to stare the, the, the pot up. Do you think every company has a policy where they Google people now to see if anything pops up? I would think so. I mean, officially or unofficially. I don't even know if legally you're supposed to be able to do that, but ah, come on, who's not? Because I know technically you're not allowed to use their social media to determine whether or not you hire them, right? Yeah, but people are I'm doing sure it anyway. they still do. Well, absolutely. Yeah. Of course you do. Uh, I mean, I think I'd play it safe for her and I wouldn't date the guy. <laughs> She's not going to do that. She just didn't know she needed to say something on behalf of what she found out. But there's also a possibility, like you all are saying, that they already know, but then why would they mm-hmm. hire him? Like if you were if you were a woman in the office and you found this information out, would you feel obligated to tell the other woman in the office that you have a uh, you know you know, get what I'm saying? Ooh, let me ask you guys that. I mean, you're women, so would you want to know? <laughs> I wanted you to pretend like you had a JJ for a second. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I've been accused of like being pretty close. <laughs> I sat here and was like, Ooh, no, I would 100 percent tell immediately yes. as soon as I found out, just because you. Okay, so here's the thing: if but it's is that ha- gossip or is that doing like to me it's preparing you in case if it's ongoing like if it was one time a very long time ago I'm honestly probably not going to say anything but if it's multiple Mm -hmm. repeated offenses then I'm like well you have a pattern and you've established a pattern and a jury has found you guilty of a pattern or the government whatever so yeah I'm going to tell my uh, fellow female co-workers to let them know don't be alone with this dude. What are you going to do? To me, it's sort of the same thing as like uh, sex offenders, how they, how they have to go around the neighborhood and be like, hey, this is what's yeah. up. So, I mean, if this person isn't obligated to do that with the people in his life, honestly, as a lady in the office, I would kind of feel like it's my duty to tell the other people. Mm-hmm. I would do the same thing. Yeah, because I would want to know yeah. that there's a guy like that just walking around the office. So Cassie brings up a valid point. Does she know how recent the last offense is? Um, I didn't ask her what I the mean, last date was. If he's doing court mandated... Like meetings, that has to be recent. That's recent enough. Because he's still fulfilling his obligation to the to the government. All right, here's D saying it happened to me. Good morning. You're on the bird show. Good morning. Good morning. Yeah, so that happened at my job. We obviously don't do background checks, and I don't want to say what kind of field it is because it'll kind of give it away. Mm-hmm. But um, our HR um, assistant, he worked there, and... Um, one of our coworkers had Googled him and found out that he had went to jail for um, assaulting, doing like cyber sex with like a, I'm sorry, a cyber piano playing oh, with the, um, <laughs> with the uh, minor and everything. And so someone sent an anonymous text to a lot of the coworkers as well as the CEO and all of the higher ups. And um, two people quit, two ladies quit, and they wind up firing him. Is that right? Okay. Wow. So, yes. now, so now we know this guy's future if they do. Thank you for calling. Appreciate it. There's your answer. All right. Okay. Hey, the Burt Show. All right. So let's get an update moving on here um, because the last time we checked with Victoria, uh, we were doing a texting tutor with her and sh- she made us or asked us to help her like hit up her mother-in-law and say, hey, man, there's too much like tension on Thanksgiving in your house. So we're just going to bypass it this year. Hey, Victoria. Hey. How are you? I'm okay. (laughs) Okay. All right, so let's just recap this for those that didn't hear it or might have been on vacation already. We helped you text the mother-in-law, right? Yes, you did. Um, So basically, we're used to spending Thanksgiving over at their house every year. Um, Last year was sort of a fiasco. Uh, There was a pretty heated fight um, on his side of the family with my brother-in-law and wife. It was, it was pretty bad. And I just didn't feel comfortable spending Thanksgiving there. Um, and we had agreed that, you know, we, we should tell her, I well, basically I should tell her that we didn't want to spend uh, Thanksgiving there. So you guys helped me uh, send the text out uh, and let her know. 
We were also pretty sure that once we got off the phone with you, that she was probably going to hit up her son and say, hey, what's going on here? And then this wasn't over. So were we wrong there? You were not wrong. Um, She did not like uh, the message that I sent and talked to my husband. And, of course, after the phone call, he he didn't want to... He didn't want to upset her, so he wanted to spend uh, Thanksgiving there, and basically, you know, I would spend it alone or come along with him. So, and- so he put this decision now in your hand, even though he said, hey, you hit up my mother-in-law, which you did. Now he's backing out, and he's like, okay, here's your option. You can either go with me or spend it alone. Exactly. Oh, <laughs> that's... That's no bueno. No. That's no bueno. Because you, you, yeah. you checked with him. He gave you the go-ahead oh. to send this, to, to tell his mom this, right? Yeah. And you should have stand, You he should have stood firm by you. You guys were a team in this, and instead he completely just abandoned you. Completely, yeah. Well, well this is like, there's a couple of levels here now, right? So... One that he couldn't man up and talk to his own mama. That's one. And now he's telling his wife, like, hey, now um, you can spend Thanksgiving alone. And third, now if you do go to Thanksgiving dinner, you are walking into a hornet's nest because your mother-in-law is already pissed at you. So you're in a no-win any angle you take. Right. So what did you do? Okay, so after my mother-in-law, you know, talked to my husband um, and he wasn't able to stand up to her at all uh he totally gave in and just like that short phone call you know he said like we can't skip thanksgiving and of course uh i was angry uh more more like furious i was furious and it caused this huge fight i really thought that he wouldn't let me do that you know and at first um i said i'd be staying home and if he still chose like okay you're gonna choose your parents for thanksgiving then you know, I'm, I really am going to spend it alone. I really thought that's what I was going to do. Um, and then a few days went by. Uh, I was pretty hurt and shocked. Um, but he never, ever, ever changed his mind. And he saw me go to the grocery store. I just want to add that. Like, he saw me go to the grocery store. I bought all the ingredients. I really planned for, like, a solo Thanksgiving dinner. And at the last minute, I decided to go with him. Mm. Um so, yeah, I gave in, and I, I just didn't want to be alone on Thanksgiving Day, and there wasn't, like, a big fight or anything like it was last year, but it was pretty miserable um, being there, mm-hmm. um, and we haven't really spoken about it at all. I'm really hurt that he, like, just so quickly went against what we agreed upon, and he was willing to leave me alone on the holiday, so I think I was just trying to, like, call his bluff, but... Um, I, I did, I gave in. So how did the mother-in-law treat you? Oh, it was just like the cold shoulder the entire oh, time. Yeah, sure. Like, it was hard for her to make eye contact with me. And did, um, did she tell anybody else? Like, did she tell his other, like his other brother and them that that's, you had done that or did she actually keep that to herself? For sure. Um, only his, uh, sister-in-law made like a comment about it. Mm. Just to me, but everyone else like acted like they didn't. It was just so obvious that they knew, and I knew, yeah. I had a feeling. And then when the sister-in-law said something, I'm like, okay, yeah, they all know. She strikes me as the kind of person that would have yeah. told everybody mm-hmm. what you did. It's a major offense. You need to uh, put his penis in the penalty box for like four weeks. Seriously, oh. that would still be furious. <laughs> you definitely he, need he a ain't weapon. Seen nothing until 2024. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thanksgiving. Matter of fact, <laughs> you got a year to fix it, bro. You definitely need to weaponize sex here. <laughs> I'm sorry you're in yeah. that position. Victoria, uh, for what it's worth, your husband totally messed this whole thing up. Totally. Yeah. I wish I could have, you know, just stayed at home, but I couldn't do it. Oh, no doubt. He shouldn't have put you in that position in the first place. So don't put this on you. He was totally in the wrong on this. All right. Well, thank you, guys. All right. Bye-bye. Yeah, that was a no win right mm-hmm. now. I would not have gone. I would have rented me. Like, I would have gone really? some, to a hotel somewhere Ooh, and just, yeah. like, been in bed all week. Yes. That's what she should have did. Hey, The Bird Show. Time to get buzzed on the hot goss from Hollywood with Abby. It's The Bird Show's entertainment buzz. What is going on with Disney Pixar films? So, 
the latest Pixar film to come out this fall was called Wish, and it absolutely bombed at the box office. And I was like, this must be pretty, this must be an outlier because as far as I know, Pixar films are like the bread and butter for Disney's box office success. I was looking at the most recent one to come out called Elemental, made like 500 million at the box office, Toy Story Frozen, those kinds of films literally made over a billion dollars. But I was looking at the last like five films or so to come out from Pixar and they have all tanked at the box office. Turning Red, which had a budget of 175 million, only made 20 million at the box office. A movie called Soul had a budget of 150 million, only made 121 million. A movie called Onward had a 200 million dollar budget, only made 142 million. And this is shocking to me because I always thought these were like the ones that kids always love. This is the these are the movies that uh, people are running to the box office to see, but apparently it's not the case anymore. So we watch a lot of um, YouTube videos about excavators and whatnot, and I don't have the YouTube without ads because <laughs> I'm a cheap ass. So the Wish ad popped up constantly, right? But I never got a premise. Like, I never understood what it was supposed to be about. That never stopped me when I had kids. All I knew is animated movie, an hour and a half in a movie theater where I could chill out and my kids were going to like the movie. I never chose a movie based on if it had a plot or not. <laughs> I wonder if I didn't see any trailers for this at all. And we we watch TV, we watch Disney, but we don't have ads. So I wonder if all these streaming services and being like, you can pay extra for no ads, they're actually shooting themselves in the foot because then parents don't know about it. And if you think about it, my kids, one just turned four. I might take her to see a movie soon. I'm not sure the general age when you start doing that. But if they're on YouTube watching like excavators or these kind of um, videos where you would see those ads, maybe they're too young. And when they get, I wonder if they're just missing the audience somehow, the parents of those kids who are in the sweet spot for that movie. Also because of the strike, they couldn't promote the movie anyway, right? Yeah. Oh, that's so true. Yeah. But yeah, it had a budget of 200 million, only made 30 million Ooh. this weekend, which is a huge bomb. It was only projected to make about 50 million, but still, I mean, mm. you're losing a, a big chunk of cash with this. And I'm the same. I didn't hear any, uh, I didn't see any of the trailers. The only reason I even knew about the film is because I think I did a story on it a couple of months ago, specifically for Entertainment Buzz. But audiences are giving it about an 80% rating on Rotten Tomatoes, but they're kind of saying the same thing that you did with the trailer. They didn't really understand the story and the music was kind of like, well, maybe it'll be a grower and not a shower. <laughs> um, I just I just looked at the premise because again, we saw like that little clip constantly, had no clue what it was about. Wish will follow a young girl named Aisha who wishes on a star and gets a more direct answer than she bargained for when a troublemaking star comes down from the sky to join her. Be careful what you wish for. Well, mm. well man. I'm gripped. A troublemaking, <laughs> troublemaking star, man. It's real hard-hitting uh, <laughs> stuff for Disney. But you know who did have a really great uh, audience bring in was the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. They had a record audience for NBC with really? 28.5 million Dang. viewers. People are watching both on the network and on Peacock. So I think it's a really great example of streaming services and cable working together in perfect harmony. Mo, you are from New York. Have you ever gone to this parade? No, sir. Okay. Well, at least not uh, by choice. I think I went once when I was a kid because uh -huh. we, we went as a family. And I I don't really remember it too much, but I, I do remember feeling like super overwhelmed by all of the people. I, I did go with my kids one year. It was miserable. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're out there freezing and you're fighting with New Yorkers yep. to try to get uh, like a view of anything going on, which is impossible unless you're from New York. Um, but the streets are just lined with people and it's so hard to see anything at all. And it was freezing that um, November also. Way better to watch it on TV. I feel the same way about the New Year's Eve in Times Square. Same thing. Yeah. That That's looks, even worse. That looks miserable. It is worse. I did that once as a, like, I think I was in my younger 20s. I will never do that again. Aren't there, like, no bath? You can't go to the bathroom. Once you get in your spot, you got to stay in your spot, and people get there, like, seven hours early. You're just there for hours. Like, you literally, <laughs> if you move, you, you're not getting back, so you can't move. Happy New Year. Here's a UTI. <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening and you ever want to do a New Year's Eve in Times Square, I have heard that you can... <laughs> you can rent a table at the Olive Garden in Times Square for really cheap. They have an outdoor patio, and you'll have bathroom access as well. Oh, damn, really? There's a life. I don't know if they still do it, but there's a life hack for you. Okay, that's brilliant. Wait, that's and you get never-ending breadsticks. Right. Right. <laughs> you treat like family. <laughs> oh my god, impossible.
stuff. I've actually, funny thing about the Thanksgiving Day Parade, I've never once turned it on. I have never once turned on no? the TV to watch the parade. I feel, it feels very un-American to me. But. You're not missing anything. <laughs> so yeah. I watched I it. I think a th- like a parade is solely American. I don't even know they do it anywhere else. Yeah, I feel like they do. I feel, like, I feel like it's got to be other places. Well, they don't do Thanksgiving parades other no. places. I can tell you that. <laughs> That's true. All right, Matt Reif is getting canceled by TikTok after his recent comedy special. I'll play you the joke most people are mad about on your next eBuzz on The Burt Show. Hey, The Burt Show. It's got to suck when you already know that when you're going to see the family at Thanksgiving or Christmas or special occasions, it's going to be the same story every single time. You're going to be bombarded by pressure. Your parents are going to tell you that you're not doing it right because you're not doing it their way. Um, and our phone screener, Jackson Kim, has done this time and time again with his family and was just over it. Yeah, um Yeah, this year um, was a little bit different than normal because this year's been a little bit tumultuous, to say the least, when it comes to my career. Um, I got let go from a job earlier this year. Now I'm working here in morning radio. God forbid. I know. (laughs) Step down. You loser. (laughs) Yeah, so it's been been a a non-traditional path, to say the least. And so I was really kind of not looking forward to Thanksgiving this year because, you know, when catching up with all of your relatives and, you know, cousins, aunts, uncles, you just know you're going to be thrown into the, you know, the wolf's den with a gauntlet of questions that are going to come your way. And I just didn't really want to go through that. And I was joking with uh, Jackson and Mo a little bit also because I do think there is a bit of a cultural difference here. Because, like, with white families, you can step in the house and go, not this year. Everybody leave me alone. (laughs) That would be impossible in a Korean family, though, right? Completely impossible. (laughs) And, I mean, the second I walked in the door, it started. Really? Yeah. (sighs) But we tried to prepare you because you brought us questions that you you thought your family members might ask, and we tried to give you the the, the answers that would get them to STFU. <laughs> exactly. I came in with the questions that I anticipated, and a lot of them were hit on, yeah. um, which was nice that I had this sort of arsenal of ammunition in my back pocket of things that I needed to say, right? Um, so it ended up being actually okay. Um, Couldn't we, you know what we should have done is just presented them with an FAQ page. That wouldn't have been a bad idea, honestly. <laughs> See page three. <laughs> yeah, so I walked in the door and fortunately I actually showed up um, Wednesday to my grandparents' house a little earlier um, because to try and avoid some of the crazy Thanksgiving traffic around here. And so that ended up working in my favor because there were already a few of my aunts and uncles that were there. And so I was able to kind of like ease into it, but get like a bunch of them out of the way at once because they were all kind of sitting around in the kitchen. Um, the really the big thing that I didn't want to do was have the same conversation over and over and over and over as the as the week went on. And so it was kind of nice that they were all there like at, at once at the beginning. And that feels it, like an interrogation. Yeah. It's it, an inquisition. It absolutely is. Um, they went through, like, my sister first, asking her all of her questions, and then it was like, all right, Jackson, like, on to you now. Like, here we go. Like, what's going on in your life? So let me ask you the, the question here. As a guy that's never been in this situation or only before, because my parents mostly didn't care. Um, <laughs> so is it them catching up, and it feels like it's an inquisition, or what's the diff- What's the tone difference? Or what? I'm missing something in translation. It's them catching up, but are very, in a very nosy way about the way that things are going. And all of my aunts and uncles are extremely successful in their own right. And so they just want to make sure, like, you know, their intentions are good. It just comes across very aggressively, I think. And so um, the first questions were... You want to make sure you're not tarnishing the family name. <laughs> There's, yeah, they're, and they're like wanting to make sure that like I'm taking care of myself, you know? And so... Please tell me you didn't get the weight question. I did not get the weight question, but it did come up because of the whole, you know, motivation by humiliation thing that we have going on right now. And so that was a big point of conversation as well. So that kind of strayed that weight, the question towards the fun aspect of it, which was nice. Um, but yeah, it started out with just like, what are you doing? Like, what does That's your the job question? What are you, what are you doing? Like, yeah. like right now? <laughs> <laughs> my life? <laughs> right? Like, this is such a foreign, foreign world for them. So they have just no idea. So they're like, oh, like, what's your title? And like, what does that even mean? Like, phone screener, producer, like, what are you even doing for them? What does that look like? And so I kind of gave them the rundown of like, you know, what it was. And I think the biggest thing that I took away from y'all's answers 
that you, you know, helped provide with me before is that the, the big questions were like, why radio right now? Like, mm-hmm. that seems like something that's, like, on its way out. And so the biggest thing that I was pushing on them was the fact that, like, you know, we've made this big shift into podcasting that's ended up being super successful, so it's not just the radio aspect of it, you know? Mm-hmm. And so that ended up actually being really good, and I think the biggest thing that I honestly took away from this entire thing was that I'm definitely my biggest critic, because at the end of all these conversations, the majority of the answers that I got and responses that I got were like, we're really happy for you, and it kind of seems like you found your thing. Like, Whoa. this is really cool. Wow. wow. And I don't know how much of that was smile and nod and say yes and just, you know, appease me and how much of it was genuine, but it felt good like that because, you know, towards the end of the weekend, I was making, <clears throat> excuse me, um, some self-deprecating comments here and there about, like, oh, except for me, like, um, a conversation came up about, like, oh, to my parents, like, oh, you know, you did all you could um, to set them up for success and, they're all, you know, your kids are doing fine. And I made, like, a joke, like, oh, not me kind of thing. And uh-huh. they were all like, no, it's fine. Like, you're being too hard on yourself. So it actually ended up being really good. Oh, so that's a, that's a good strategy right yeah. there. As soon as you go in there, you just start beating yourself up. Exactly. <laughs> you're like, no, no, sweetie, you're doing good. <laughs> and then they wait for you to leave the room so they can talk about you. Yeah, there was a couple of uh, eavesdropping that I heard of like, oh, that sounds like a really crazy thing. And I was just like, I'm just going to ignore that and just assume that they're thinking the best of me. All right. So at the end of the day, yeah. it sounded like it was successful. It definitely was. Okay. And maybe this is paving the way for the next time you guys are hanging out that it's the same type deal. Exactly. We'll just exactly. be in a couple of weeks. Yay. 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 Except this is my other side of the family, so it's going to be all over oh, again. <laughs> Get it. The Birch Show. All right, let's catch up with our texting tutor segment that we did before we took off. Because if you guys remember, it was Rachel that was trying to reach out and make sure that her niece and her nephew are behaving at Thanksgiving. And she was trying to tell her sister, like, well, what are we going to do? Because they're always out of hand. And that texting tutor kind of went sideways. Hey, Rachel, good morning. Good morning, everyone. How's, how was everyone's Thanksgiving? Oh, uh, how deep do you want us to go? <laughs> Cassie, what, why do you tell her? How, how was your Thanksgiving? Oh, it was awesome. You know, the uh, emergency department looks really pretty this time of year. <laughs> <laughs> Is it called an ED instead of an ER now? No, I think it, my my family calls it ED because I think it's Mm-mm. a British thing. So no. they call it emergency department. So it's it's ER, but it that's in my head. You got to lose that. Oh, you don't like me saying ED? No. It's, it's just bad it for it's just bad for dudes and business. <laughs> uh, but thank you, Rachel. So, okay, remind us exactly what happened uh, leading up to Thanksgiving here because your niece and nephew were totally out of hand. Oh, my gosh. So, um, as some of you remember, I needed help because my sister has these two kids. They're great, except when they go to other people's homes. And they jump on furniture. They throw things. I mean, they're, I, I feel like this is out of the ordinary. I know some kids are just kind of hyper, but these two, it just, it, I, I didn't want to embarrass myself in front of my new in-laws. I had just gotten married and my in-laws are a little bit more. Waity toity. Yes. Thank you. That's a great word. <laughs> um, and so, you know, I, I really wanted to make a good impression. And on top of the whole thing, like, my family, usually, it's just kind of, everyone's just kind of scattered about the house. People are watching TV. And it doesn't really feel like a Thanksgiving. It just feels like we're hanging out on a regular old day. So I really always wanted, like, everyone at the table, eating together, talking, no phones, no TV, just kind of being with each other. My sister didn't seem to get that. Like, we reached out to her with your help. And I was like, hey, could we do a kid's table? It'd be so much fun. And she was like, no. And then she kind of gave me like a little lecture on, oh, you're not being yourself. And I I just feel like she didn't seem to get that this, I've just kind of been nice all these years, Mm -hmm. kind of catering to what everyone else wanted. And this is actually what I wanted. She just had never seen it before. Right. Okay. So what were you anticipating going into Thanksgiving and what exactly happened? Okay, so I was thinking, since nobody listened to anything I was saying, um, that uh, the kids would just run rampant and I would just be completely embarrassed and would not be able to show my face at my in-laws' house ever again. Um, But I ended up talking to my husband more about, like, what was my concerns and, you know, what his parents were going to think about my niece and nephew. 
he actually he agreed that his parents would probably have you know a couple opinions, but they wouldn't actually say anything. They would just keep it to themselves. But I, I told him I was like that still would would bother me, and I'd still be embarrassed if they even thought negative things about like anyone, you know, because that's my family. That's you know that represents me. So he actually offered to talk to his parents and kind of give them a heads up, like warn them about how I'm feeling and how they're going to behave. Perfect. That way they have their expectations real low. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, it actually turned out funny because his mom laughed and she was like, oh, my God, I wouldn't have any um, thoughts or opinions because she said that he and his brother were like way worse when they were kids Mm -hmm. and um, that she was totally judged when she was their mom when like uh, when they were the kids. And she she knows like every kid is different and kids can be difficult. And she's like, look, people have opinions about children all the time. She doesn't have that. She'll have opinions about poor behavior in adults. Mm -hmm. Um, But when it comes to kids, she's totally understanding And, you know, she's like, kids can be wild, they can be poorly behaved, but they're kids. And what was really great was when Thanksgiving arrived, I was still super nervous because my sister and her kids were the first ones to arrive. And, of course, the kids did what we thought they were going to do. They ran rampant and jumped on the furniture and all this stuff. But when my in-laws arrived, my mom, well, my mom, she's my mother-in-law, but she just kind of gave me like a little like wink and was like, I got this. And she helped defuse the situation she played games with the kids, and they totally liked her. And she actually made the whole thing easier. How about that? Wow. How about that? Yeah. Worked out. I did not see that coming at all. <laughs> Sometimes we can get so wrapped up in, like, the worst-case scenario that um, it's it's more stressful than the actual reality of what's going on. And isn't it lovely when people surprise you in the best way? Hey, Absolutely. Doesn't happen often, so nope. All right, Rachel, thank you for the update. Appreciate you. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you. It's the Bird Show. Are you looking for excitement in Atlanta? Well, you got it right down the street at Mercedes-Benz. That's where Atlanta United plays. And I've been telling you for years, it's one of the most exciting nights that you will have with your family. Soccer is different. It's just different than going to a football game, baseball game. There is no downtime. I mean, the excitement lasts the entire game at an Atlanta United match. And it doesn't even matter if you're really, really into soccer or not. I'll tell you one way to get into soccer. Just go to one Atlanta United game and you will get caught up in the excitement so much that you'll become a lifelong fan. I'm telling you this right now. I love bringing my son Hollis there. I love bringing his friends there. I know it's going to be a safe family event, and I know I'm going to walk out of there. I got some memories now with my kids. So don't look any further. You got one of the best soccer teams in the country right here in our own backyard, Atlanta United. Just give it one try, Atlanta United. You can always get your tickets at atlutd.com. If you're looking for somewhere to celebrate, whether it be a birthday or a graduation or an anniversary, May I recommend an Atlanta United match? So my husband and I just celebrated our seventh wedding anniversary. He is a massive Atlanta United fan. So, of course, we decided to go to a match at Mercedes-Benz Stadium and had the best time. I'm telling you, if you're a super fan, if you're a casual fan, going to an Atlanta United match is a great way to celebrate. My husband got to watch a great match, and I got to enjoy delicious wine, and I also may have gone to the team shop and got myself a new sweatshirt. I'm very excited about my new Atlanta United sweatshirt. (laughs) And kudos to Atlanta's fan base, because every time we ride Marta to go down to a match, it is packed full of people wearing their Atlanta United gear. Visit atlutd.com for tickets and also for the match schedule. That's atlutd.com. Get it? The Bird Show. So real talk, when you guys go to get a physical, do you guys make sure everything is nice and cleaned up down there? A physical or like a gynecological exam? Either. If if a doctor is going to look at any one of your parts, are you cleaning up for them? I'm shaving. I'm cleaning. I'm putting on moisturizer. I'm doing the whole shebang. All the things you normally don't do. 
I stopped caring. <laughs> Once I had kids, <laughs> things became hard to reach. I'm like, nah, you get what you get. I know I'm not the worst you've seen, yeah. so <laughs> move along. Now, I won't get a wax. I, I, I won't go that far. If it, if it happens to coincide, then great. But if not, I won't schedule a wax just for my gyno visit. Okay, but you're going to be cleaned up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I no mean, way. Gonna- I'm, I'm paying. You're going to be bushwhacking, okay? <laughs> I want my money's worth. <laughs> Kristen likes that clean landing strip for her doctors. <laughs> oh, no. We're hardwood floors, baby. <laughs> God bless you. Uh, Mo. I do all the things. All the things. Yes, sir. Extra cleaning. You manscape? I do. Oh. Yeah, I just got a physical over the break. And admittedly, I was like, I want to smell good because I know they're going to be up in my business. <laughs> Especially when they, they take the stethoscope and they put it under your shirt. I can't be smelling ranky dang down yeah. there. Oh, so, so you're really going head to toe on that yeah, whole thing. I had some special. I brought out the special perfume. Ooh. Shout out to you, Dr. Lisa. <laughs> uh, um, I can't. I still can't do that because, uh, you know, I can't smell perfume. But um, because they'll, they'll do a self like breast examination or whatever. Uh-huh. So you want to make sure, yeah, you got yeah, your deodorant okay. going on. Yeah, and, same. I'll clean up down there. Yeah. Uh, there's one doctor uh, saying that, look, no no need for all, all this. First of all, all decisions are shared. We literally learned what's called shared decision making in medical school. If you don't want to do something that we recommend, that's absolutely fine. But just know we'll probably ask why just to make sure that you have a good understanding of what's going on. And so we can better understand you and your goals and preferences. Number two, you do not need to do any special grooming to come to the doctor. No shaving, no waxing, special cleansing, none of that. We've literally seen it all. This is our job, what we do for a living. You're good as you are. Side note, if you need a pelvic exam and you're on your period, that's okay. Turns out we do not faint at the sight of blood. But I still think it's cordial and yeah. polite. I think it's flight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At least shower. Like, I definitely, definitely will shower before any kind of physical exam. Like, even if you don't do anything at all, and sh- like she's saying, like, hey, we don't really care. If it's not nice down there, don't you think they look at the schedule and they're like, oh, dang it. Here comes Cass. <laughs> One, it's a privilege to be my doctor, okay? Not many people get to go to that area Does of the it world. sound like it right now? It is. It sounds it's like a, a lot of work. It's an adventure, okay? <laughs> it's, uh, what do they do in out, the Australian Outback? <laughs> when they go, like, bushwhacking or whatever, like, it's a special Outback adventure, whatever. This is actually a perfect name for it. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, did she say they don't care, or did she just say they've seen it all before? Because to me, those are two different things. I think she said both. Yeah. But okay. I do think it's the just polite thing to do. Agreed. Yeah. This feels right. Yes. I'm too vain. Right. I, I want them to walk away with a positive yeah. experience. I, I feel like you should go to Bed Bath & Beyond if they still existed and buy a washcloth and use it. Yeah. Now, I'm with you. I know they said they've seen it all, but I don't want to be the all. Yeah, right? There it is. There it is. <laughs> That's a really, really good point. All right, Cassie, why do you want to let people know that you're not a wedding photographer? So I have a sweet friend who is getting married, and she is um, getting married with a low budget, which is totally cool. And she has asked me to take photographs of her wedding. And the thing is, you're a low budget photographer, apparently. <laughs> oh, I, that doesn't bother me at all. Like I'm happy to help friends out, but. Here's the thing. Um, So I do photography freelance and I haven't done shoots in a long time, though. It's really more for my own enjoyment and for um, our nonprofit, Bird's Big Adventure. Uh, So it's not like I'm taking gigs and going out with family photo shoots. And I've done one wedding before. And the amount of pressure when it comes to being a wedding photographer is phenomenal because this is a day people spend a good chunk of what they can afford on, right? Like whether it's tens of thousands or just in the thousands, it's a lot of money and these pictures last a lifetime. I do not want that responsibility. I did not sign up for it. No, thank you. So, and it's also a ton of other things. There's, um, you've got to time out different shots and different groups together. It's just different lights, whether it's portraits outside or the party inside. It's a lot going on and it's a very complicated job to be a wedding photographer specifically. And it's not just showing up and taking pictures. There's a lot of planning. There's a lot of woman hours that would go into preparing for a wedding photo shoot. Yeah, a lot of technical skill, a lot of editing, which is fine. So I told her politely, I was like, hey, I don't really think I'm going to give you the best photographs of your day. And she's like, I love your photos, you know, how they look. I'm like, well, those are very like in one environment photos and you are only seeing the select best images and there aren't that many, you know. Um, So I'm trying to dissuade her over and over again, be like, I'm not a wedding photographer. I will do your wedding a disservice. 
I, I can take photographs, but this is not what you need. When somebody tells you that, believe them. Yes. Because right. <laughs> like, you don't want to hire somebody that's, that's saying that these are not going to probably be great pictures on the biggest day of your life. Like yeah. if the brakes went out in my car and I came to you and I'm asking you to fix it, and you telling me, no, I'm probably not the best person to save your life, and I keep pushing you to do it, there's a problem there. You know Thank you. I mean? I mean, you'll get some great, I'll give you some great shots, but it's not what you would expect from a wedding photographer. And so I'm trying to explain this and she's like we're low budget it's fine and i don't know how to tell her like i've said i don't really feel comfortable doing it i don't know how to flat out be like i'm not doing your wedding without offending my friend because mm-hmm. i want to help and i told her hey i'll help find you some photographers but i'll research ones that are lower budget and i'll make sure their photos look good so i will f- i'll help you find someone but I'm not it. This is not my forte. This is not my strength. And she is not taking no for an answer. So let me ask you this. Um, are you saying no? What's the percentage of you saying no just because you don't have the time for the prep and the actual wedding? I mean, you got your hands full, right? And what's the percentage of you just going like, I may mess up these pictures. I don't want to do it because I don't want to mess these pictures up. I think it's 80% I may mess up the pictures. It's a very big... I don't know. The stakes just feel so high because the event isn't repeatable. You know what I mean? And I know I could get some good photos, but I don't want to be at the end of it giving her an album of photos and that doesn't have like the ones that crush it, that everybody has their favorites and they're not in there. I want her to have the best within her budget. And I'm not that. I feel like you're looking at it wrong. If it really is that you don't want to do it because you don't want to mess up the pictures. Because if I were you, I would feel such a sense of relief and that I told you I'm not that good at this 40 times. And are you giving me the low budget? You can't mess that up at mm-hmm. that point because if you do, I told you this, I would feel no pressure. I'm with Mo. I would, really? I would take it if I were you. Yep. I mean, she's a grown-ass woman. You've warned her time and time again that this is not what you think that you're great at, but she trusts you. Maybe she's seen pictures that you've done before. You've told her that. I'd go for it if I were you. I think you should too. Really? I, I honestly do. I think you're being a, I think you're being a little hard on yourself. I appreciate you wanting to like make sure she has the best experience and the best photos possible. Um, but if it isn't really like a time thing or like you just don't want to do it, because we've always said if it's not a hell yes, then it's a hell no. But if that's the only reason and she's still put on all right, girlfriend, I'll give you what I got. Yeah, it's like that old Pinterest quote. Life exists outside your comfort zone, so stretch yourself a little bit. All right. No <laughs> I can't wait for the follow-up story. My friend's no longer talking to me. <laughs> Not, your <fault. laughs> Not your fault. Won't be your fault. Hey, The Burt Show. Time to get buzzed on the hot goss from Hollywood with Abby. It's The Burt Show's entertainment buzz. All right, we saw this coming, didn't we? Comedian Matt Reif is getting canceled by the women of TikTok. So if you don't know who Matt Reif is, he's an objectively attractive comedian that's really popular with Gen Z. He, he got blew a- up on TikTok, right? Yeah, he blew up. I mean, he got his start on Wild and Out, but he really made it big when he started posting videos of his crowd work, and the women noticed that he has a really good jawline, and <laughs> a man that can make you laugh, and also look really cute as a recipe for superstardom. So now these women are turning on him after his most recent special, Matt Reif, Natural Selection, came out on Netflix. They didn't find his type of brand of comedy funny. And this is his first special, correct? I think it's his first big one. I think he has one other one out, but this is like the one that was, you know, really getting pushed out into the world. And so the first joke that's made like within the first 10 or 15 minutes is the one that people are referencing the most as to what they just, what was their breaking point for deciding to turn off this special. And so here's your content warning. It does reference domestic violence. So if you want to check this out on the podcast later, you're welcome to do that. But this is the joke that most people are upset about. He also, if I, because I because I, I watched that one clip. I, to be fair, I have not watched the um, special in its entirety. Um, I watched that one clip. And then I also heard that he was saying that he wanted, this wasn't going to be female friendly comedy. He was going to cater to his male audience. And there's actually quite a few men are, they're like, so men only find like domestic violence money. Like they're not, it's, and then he doubled down with his apology in quotations, which I'm sure you're going to tell us about. Yeah. So he, uh, of course, specifically women were having the biggest reaction on TikTok. They were like, you just, you created this, you got this entire audience of women who were ready to support you. And then you decided to really double down on the fact that you didn't want this 
special to, he called it pandering. He didn't want it to pander to women. And so, of course, they're coming out on TikTok talking about how they didn't like the, they didn't think it was funny. They didn't like the special at all. And so he posted on his TikTok story, um, his response and his quote unquote apology, where he was like, if you didn't find any of this funny, go to this link here for my full apology. And it was a link to uh, special needs helmets to basically say, if you don't like my comedy, you have special needs. So he was doubling down. All right. So Mo is a stand up comedian. What do you got? Uh, I feel like we're finding out who he really is. I mean, it's a whole different ball game when you're doing those TikTok clips and kind of working the crowd than when you got to really get up there and do an entire special that's based upon how you really see and observe life. And I'm I'm a bit confused on why he would try to, uh, quote unquote, not pander to women when I mostly know him because of women. Like, that's mm-hmm. what got you to where you are. And I, so I don't understand the, the stance to turn on that. But that joke... That I I like to think I'm edgy and I and I I go further than people say you should go. I I would have never gone that far. That that's a bit much. Well, even if you're pushing the envelope, I d- I didn't think that like we're gonna obviously domestic violence not funny, but the delivery wasn't even that good. Like, what was the point? What were you trying? What point were you even trying to prove behind the joke? Yeah, tactically, I mean, here he made a mistake. Here he's got an audience, so that I he think turned his back on that, and I think he got caught up in with his ego. That people are like, hey, you're a comedian for chicks. And he's got an ego. So he's like, okay, watch this. Yeah. And he forgot who his audience was. And he told a joke that was over the line to that audience. And he's, you know, now he's got the pushback on it. Well, that joke should be over the line to every audience. But also he made fun of kids with disabilities. About 17 minutes in, he goes after kids with autism and Down syndrome. So I think there's there's pushing the envelope. And I, I agree, you can walk a fine line. And I think, Bart, you often say somebody's always going to be offended by your joke. But then I think there are collectively things as a society that we say, man, that's off limits. That's, that's not funny. Domestic violence, a woman being beaten isn't funny. That's not your stand-up fodder for your Netflix special. And if it is... Do better and be a better comedian because you're at the bottom of the ranks now and now you're getting canceled over it and I'm glad you are. Have you guys seen his new movie trailer? Mm-mm. Matt Rife. Oh, I didn't even know he was in a movie. It's called, no, hardly anybody does. It's on YouTube though and it's called Don't Suck. Uh, he plays a comedian vampire. Oh. <laughs> it's based and on a true story. Yes. Jamie Kennedy is in it. Oh, God. He chose his movie (laughs) debut with Jamie Kennedy. It looks awful. Interesting. Well, that'll be two strikes out for Matt Rife in the next year. So that's what he gets for hating on Atlanta. I know, right? I was about to say, Atlanta's not his biggest focus anymore. (laughs) You don't have the women and you don't have Atlanta. All right, for more stories, head to thebirdshow.com. Click eBuzz. Hey, The Bird Show. So, yeah, let's talk gentle parenting here for just a sec. It was uh, right before we left for vacation where we take a call from a virtual listener. That was concerned that her niece and nephew were completely and totally out of hand and was wondering exactly how to tell her sister, like, your kids suck. Um, And so this year we're going to put the kids at a kid's table. The adults will be at one table. Kids will be at the other table. And I think the kids were five and seven, maybe, something like that. And the sister was like, well... Let me ask my kids how they feel about sitting at their own table. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And I could just imagine, I'm laughing because that would be so unheard of for my dad to go, hey, Bert, just want to make sure you be okay sitting away from the parents at Thanksgiving. Heaven forbid we take our kids' feelings into consideration and instead just like dictate every single thing they have to do. So we started to get in this debate, which we didn't have a whole bunch of time with, but now we do today, about gentle mm-hmm. parenting. Because Cassie and Kristen are on the gentle parenting uh, parenting side of parenting. Yes, that is something that I personally have adopted. Can't even say my husband and I are on the same page about this, but this is something that I am very adamant about. And I say I do gentle parenting. I'm not always successful at it. I mean, there are moments as a parent that you you crack and you kind of lose your cool. And that's what gentle parenting is. It's, it's about establishing patience and it's about treating your child with dignity and respect. They're tiny humans and they deserve to be spoken to kindly if at all possible. They're going to test their limits. They're going to test their boundaries. They're going to test you. Um, and especially if you're dealing with toddlers, they are not able to be reasoned with. <laughs> their their brains are growing at such a fast pace and they're, they're you know, ever, their brains are ever developing 
every single day. So it's it's not an easy task, but people have this misconception where they hear gentle parenting and they think it's that you let your kids walk all over you and they get to do whatever they want. No, that's not it. It's it's speaking kindly to your child, listening to their feelings, validating their feelings, and also um, trying to give them some sense of control because when they lash out, it's because they feel like they lack control. So giving them options is actually a good thing. It teaches them how to be a decision maker and makes them feel like they have a sense of control so that they're a little more even keeled. I think I'm somewhere between what my definition has been presented to me, or at least I'm interpreting as gentle parenting and what my dad did. So I do believe that kids should be heard But I also think they need to know at the end of the day, we are making the final decision, but you have been heard. Yes. And and gentle parenting, that that's what gentle parenting is. And that's why I sent you this, because I feel like we haven't really, Cassie and I haven't been able to ingrain what gentle parenting really is. And this is a TikToker, Casey Davis. She's at Domestic Blisters. She's also a counselor. And she breaks down, I think, beautifully what gentle parenting is and why it's beneficial not only for the child, but also for the parent. I'm so sick of people on gentle parenting by being like, making children soft. Makes makes children soft. Do you know what the softest thing in the world is the softest most pillowy fragile being in existence is a fully grown adult that cannot regulate their behavior in the face of something a literal child has done gentle parenting is literally just regulated parenting it is i want to learn how to regulate my own emotions how to manage my own nervous system activation before deciding what to do in response to my child so that i don't just all over them. Because newsflash, Becky, parents who are regulated don't hit and scream at their children. Yeah, I don't think any hitting or screaming should ever be done uh, to your children. Uh, This is Tank Sinatra, and this is his definition of gentle parenting. (laughs) Hey, 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 I know you're frustrated, okay? I know you're having these big feelings that you don't know what to do with. But if you don't shut the up and put your shoes on, then I'm going to start having big feelings and I might start screaming, which is going to make you have even bigger feelings. Isn't that scary? Yeah, so let's flip those Crocs on, okay? The difference is that's what goes through my head, but it's not what comes out my mouth. (laughs) Right. Here is Trip. Trip, good morning. Gentle parenting is on the table. Good morning. So as a mother of five, and I have four teenagers in the house right now, um, I do believe in gentle parenting, but also with a side of fool around and find out. <laughs> yes, ma'am. There it is. I'm very familiar with that. There it is right there. I, I feel you on that. How old are the kids? Um, So my oldest is 27, and then okay. I have a 16, 15, 13 and 12. Damn, you got your hands full. Mm-hmm. Um, so explain to us, in your case, what is the definition of gentle parenting with those teens? Um, we talk a lot. It's a lot of open communication. Um, there's an agreement that everybody has to be honest. Um, punishment, or I want to say punishment, consequences are given out for dishonesty. I'm huge on that. We can work everything else out, but dishonesty is not accepted. Um, And we just, we talk, we talk a lot. I allow feelings, but they also have to respect that I have feelings as well. So it's just really an open conversation. I'm also a single parent. Mm -hmm. So we have to be very open with one another to make sure everybody understands that we're all on the same page. Doesn't always work, Mm -hmm. but... Mm -hmm. It's been, it, it, it works some days. <laughs> yeah, I, I totally subscribe to your definition of, of gentle parenting. I think that's what I do with my kids also. I think with my dad, it was, uh, and my parents, there was, you don't get a say in the matter, and there was l- literally no respect. There was nothing. It was my way, don't ask questions. This is the way it's going to be. And with my kids, it's very, very different. I mean, we talk through things. My kid this weekend did something that was really stupid, but there's no yelling or anything that's going on. It's like, here's why that's not going to happen, why this can't happen again. And we talk about it, but that 
he's heard and I'm heard. There's no yelling. Yeah, see, and that's what you have been doing, gentle parenting. Like, you've been cracking on it, but you've been a gentle parent. It doesn't mean no boundaries and no consequences, but I just tell my daughter the consequences. I say, if you do that again, you are choosing to lose this. Mm -hmm. She does it again, she loses it. So there are boundaries, there are punishments. It's just you're communicating with your kid. Now, the kid's table, I'm telling you where you're sitting. And we're not going to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's the Bird Show. Thanks for listening. Get more Bird Show fix at thebirdshow.com or follow us on social media at The Bird Show.